weekly debrief about anything and everything happening in fashion and pop culture with Cozzy and M. I'm Cozzy. And I'm Em. And today we're talking about one of the original It Girls and someone who we think defined coolness for much of the 2000s, the one, the only, Alexa Chung. So in honour of her 40th birthday, we're delving into her rise to fame, her legacy, style and all things Alexa. And I feel like I'm very right in saying that we both love her. Is this correct? Absolutely. And that's why she is our second ever deep dive episode, because if there's one person we can talk about for hours. Yes. It's Alexa Chung, and she just has that thing about her. She just has that je ne sais quoi. She has the it factor, if she has you the will, as the it girl of our generation. Basically, she was born in the UK. She started as a teen model, and she made her way up the ranks from there. She um, then became one of the most well-known British celebrities in the kind of like mid to late 2000s and kind of has has gone onwards and upwards. She's worked as a model, a TV presenter, a writer, a fashion designer, a broadcaster, like so much. And um, she's just a, but she's also just a real fashion girl. She really transcended. She went from modeling, yeah, to broadcast, to fashion. And she really kind of has stayed in that world, but she's managed to straddle a lot of different areas. And of course, the music world. While she's not a musician, she has made a real impact there as well, which we will go into. She's also done lots of fashion writing. She was named as a contributing editor at British Vogue in 2009. So you would have read something, you would have seen something, you would know someone who has read something or seen something. And that same year, she was Mulberry's muse. They created the Alexa bag, which actually triggered a 79% increase in sales for the brand. So her influence cannot be understated. She went from the UK to New York to present the MTV talk show, It's On with Alexa Chung. And that really established her name and fame. Yeah, in New York. In the industry. In the US particularly, because she'd cracked it in the UK, but then she went over to the US and made it work. Really different industries between the UK and US. Oh, totally. And I think that because she's so dry and sarcastic and, and British, like in her humor and her, you know, delivery, but she did really make it work over there. She definitely has transcended. She nailed it, which is hard to do. Yeah, totally. She made it across the pond, as they say. As they say. She is also known for having her own fashion label of the same name, just Alexa Chung, which unfortunately shuttered early last year. But also it was expensive. It was so expensive. But if anyone could do it, it's her. And she just had this extremely refined well-defined style she was a little bit twee I remember she had that real like collars yeah she loves a collar loves a collar she's known for knee socks she's known for stockings she's known for that indie sleaze look she's known for like the um oh my god cat eye her hair I think is one of her most defining features the kind of the long bob the Kurt Cobain style the fringe the whole shebang the sort of like this sort of disheveled but put together, but indie rock, indie sleaze, twee girl. It's a really aspirational kind of style because yeah. she nailed that like rock star's girlfriend. You know that like good girls go to heaven, bad girls go backstage. Oh my God, vibe. I've never heard that, but I love Oh my God. <laughs> she nailed oh my that. God, the bad girls do go backstage. I'm obsessed with that. That's so funny. But she also had the Paris the Parisian thing going on. Yeah. And she everything that is famous about her is her she's not famous for being married to someone she's not famous for just her for doing anything it's all 
her. Yeah. And I, she is the fame. And I think you're right. Like she was in these sleeves, but she was twee because like she'd wear something that was like a, like a child would wear, like a little girl dress or something. But then she would come out with like in leather leather jeans and a top or something. And it would she would make it all work. It didn't feel like she was trying to be someone else whenever she was wearing something a little bit different. It was always sort of her. But we called her an it girl before. And this is a very interesting term. She said that she actually doesn't like to be called an it girl. And it is it is a loaded term. I can see why. I but she it. is like the she's the prototype. What do you think being an it girl is? Like what are your thoughts around it? What have you read about it? What's the vibe for you around being an it girl? I think I think everyone wants to be an it girl. Not everyone can be. I That's think so true. influencers especially want to be it girls and it kind of feels like all it girls are influencers, not all influencers are it girls. And so it's it's hard to define. You can't seek it. You can't want it. No, you it just has to, it has to, to happen. happen to you. you exactly. Can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in high school um, when we had to do like our careers advice and I was talking to my parents and my mom was like, but what do you want to do? And I was like, you can't get mad at me. I was yep. like, I just want to be an it girl. And my mom was like, that's ridiculous. You, A, you can't say that and B, it's not a career. Exactly. You can't want I it. I was like, I just want, to, well, she wasn't saying it in that sense. She was more <laughs> just like, get a grip. Get a grip. But I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I want that. I was like, I want to be Alexa Chung. Yeah. And my mom was like, you. I think I was from then I was a bit of a lost cause. And there are a few things. The New Yorkers tried to define it. Um, yes. New York Magazine yes. um, spoke about it in their recent issue. They did a whole issue dedicated to the concept of it girl and exploring and investigating different it girls, particularly in New York City, um, throughout the generations. So they spoke about Bianca Jagger, Carolyn Bissett Kennedy, Alexa Chung, Corey Kennedy, and several other people, but they kind of were discussing the definable features of an it girl, even though it's supposedly indefinable. You just have to have it. You have to be young, or there has to at least be a, a sort of a youthful energy about you going out often, going out well, which I think is a really interesting concept of like knowing when to be at the party, knowing when to leave the party, knowing which parties to be at. You have to be perfectly personable in that sense then. You have to be able to read a room. Yeah. You have to be able to be sociable. Totally. And it's sort of, yeah, you have, she has to sort of be mysterious and leave you wanting more, which is why I could never be an it girl because I put everything on the internet. Um, <laughs> it's all I'm there. like, I want to be mysterious. And then I'm like, cool guys, look what I'm having for dinner. <laughs> um, so I can't be one, sadly. But it's really interesting. The novelist Jay McInerney says, an it girl is an amateur in all things, a sort of supreme dilettante. Which I think is true. We need our it girls to be, to have some kind of talent. In terms of that, like Alexa has her finger in a lot of different pies. And I think that's the thing. It's sort of, yes. um, it's a what master of, jack-, jack of all trades, master of none. She's a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. I feel like I've said it before where it's like, if you know a little about a lot rather than a lot about a little, yeah. I think is, is um the thing there, but it's, yeah, you can't try too hard. You, you can't want it. You just have to have it. And, oh, you're disheveled and you just rolled out of bed this way and you've gone to the party and, oh, I haven't brushed my hair. I haven't done anything, but I just look like this. Exactly. And if if you're seen as being a tryhard or if you're seen as really wanting to get in and stay in the scene, you can't be in it, girl. It's It's such a supreme, exclusive club. You have to be charming and undemanding 
but multifaceted yeah. at the same time. You have to have all of your hobbies and so many things that you can do. Like Alexa started in music and branched out organically from there. Like she was scouted oh, yeah. and she was she ended up in the style pages. And then she's like, I actually hate the time it got like da, 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 da. And I'm like, do you know how many people <laughs> would give their <laughs> arm to be called that and I mean like fair if I was if you were an actual it girl I'm sure we would all hate it too like it would suck being just being reduced to that term yeah to be fair I think I would froth it um (laughs) but that's okay that's that's by the by but yeah as we said so Alexa started in uh, as a model then she moved into broadcasting so she did yeah stuff as a teen model and then she moved on to doing um kind of music shows music broadcasting particularly um there was really kind of fun eccentric show on I think it was E4 in the UK like a youth channel I guess kind of like um video hits here or something like that uh where it was called Pop World and it was sort of interviewing music legends musicians and she was very dry and very droll and very funny uh and so she did that when she was younger and then she was became the face of several fashion collections including Vivian Westwood the red label and different things like that in 2009 she was made a contributing editor at British Vogue as Emily said then came the Mulberry Alexa bag which is huge and that actually got re-released I believe either this year or last year and it was they all like sold out again it's such a lasting quite a like clunky big bag but I quite like it I obviously wanted it I was like I need to have the Alexa bag I did not buy it. But yeah, and as Emily said as well, she moved to New York for seven years to present the MTV talk show It's On with Alexa Chung. She's done a lot of different collaborations, particularly with Madewell, with AG Jeans, and with also with makeup brands, with um, Ico in particular. And then she uh, created her own brand, Alexa Chung, which was really cool, quite expensive, quite twee, quite indie, quite cool. But unfortunately, yeah, it shuttered... Um, during or just after the COVID lockdowns, just small business as it was. It happens. Yeah. Um, and she, I think it was a good way for her to cement herself officially in that fashion space with her own brand, her own thing. After doing, after doing years of collabs, yeah, she was able to draw all that knowledge and do it herself. But nothing about it was calculated. Like now we no. see people like Kylie Jenner, who they've oh, been... Yeah on the scene for a while but then they go I'm going to make a name for myself in fashion and she starts working with a better stylist or a different stylist or different people wearing different brands showing up at different shows and then releasing her own brand Alexa Chung everything happened very organically there was she was Alexa Chung and then there was demand for more Alexa Chung and she gave us that she just like that supply never been with a stylist though that I know of she's always just done it herself And I think that's what's good. That's what people love about her. Yeah. And she credits that. I think it's easy to paint a picture because she credits that style to a number of people. Yeah. The first of which being her makeup artist, Kevin Fortune, who worked with her back when she first started in TV. That's so nice. And she said she was very malleable at that time because she didn't have a personal style. She was quite young. She went in and Kevin asked her what she wanted and she basically said, I don't know, like whatever you want to do. And so he went, okay, we need to, we need to figure out a style here. And so he's the one who granted her the cat eye, which she is known for. That is so cool. A very sharp kind of sultry flick. So it was Kevin who told her she would suit a kind of Godard 60s vibe. Very 60s. She's very Jane Birkin, very Francois Hardy, uh, Edie Sedgwick vibes. 
and she says her other style icons of the time were Joan Jett and Patti Smith. So it's that real yeah. holy group of people. My two girlies from the 70s. Love them. And also she credits male looks like Mick Jagger's hair yeah. as being an inspiration. So her style has since been very consistent. But I think that paints the best picture. It's symbols from all of these different eras that she's taken and made her own. And that's why we love her because she's not subscribing to every single trend that pops up. No. She I- has the Alexa Chung look. And she's very much like her the inspiration points for her are from like 50, 60 years ago. They're all people from the 60s and 70s. And she's drawn on that and she's twisted it to make it her own. So I think she's not following trends. She's just following people that she likes. Like she loves Mick Jagger. So of course she'd look at pictures of him and think, God, that's a fantastic velvet suit. I might do something like that, but she'll put her own twist on it. She'll wear like a big collar or she's a big um, proponent of the wrong shoe theory, which she's been doing for years before the wrong shoe theory was even a thing. Um, but she is so unique in how she presents herself. And I don't think people had seen that before at that time, this like confident person, very British sensibility coming through and being like, well, this is what I'm wearing. I don't. And especially in that time, like what, 2007 to 2009 was particularly a peak time for her. And that was so like lads mags, girls with extensions, girls with long, you know, eyelashes, girls with big lips, fake tans. Da, 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 da. It, she was a real contrast to that, I think. Quite refreshing in that sense. But she, yeah, she's sort of, as we said, talking about it girls. She's got this sort of indefinable thing. What is it about her, do you think, in particular, that like, why is she so cool? Why is she such a big influence? Why are we spending an hour talking about her? Why has she captured us? Good question. I think most of it is because she has a kind of air of rebellion about her compared to some of the other more clear-cut celebrities and big-time glam Hollywood actresses that we're fed and we're told this is who you should aspire to be. This is kind of the pinnacle of being a woman. Whereas Alexa Chung comes in and she's a little bit disheveled. She has openly expressed her distaste for any fashion rules and kind of likes to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. She can't be told what to do, but she's still very approachable and amenable and lovely and has a career of her own accord. She's not following in the footsteps of a man. She's independent. So I think it's that kind of sense of self that we get from her that we don't get from other celebrities. She's very like self-affirming. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we always like to have people to look up to, especially when they do combine our interests where we're, I know we're both interested in music and fashion and art and culture. She's the cornerstone. She touches all of those things. Exactly. And I think also because she's woven her way into other interests that we have in terms of bands and that sort of thing, (laughs) we're naturally going to be intrigued. Mm. And when she has that kind of it girl enigma about her we're always going to want to know more and we're never going to get everything no so she'll never lose us because we Mm. we're wrapped around a little finger I agree what what are your thoughts I love her so much and I don't think that's such a simple statement but it's like I don't think you, you can overstate the impact that she's had on young women and the fashion industry and she came up during a time where fashion was really changing and then like particularly throughout that period of like 2000 and 2008-2009 when she was going out with Alex Turner who was considered at that point and thereafter to be 
the coolest guy, the pinnacle of the British music industry when indie rock was like at its peak. Um, you know, she was the coolest girl. He was the coolest guy. Suddenly they were everywhere together. And as you said, like interest in bands as well. So I think she had that aspect, but she, as I said before, like, yeah, she mixed Twee with the more masculine looks. It was the fringe. It was the hair. It was her demeanor. She was so cool and chill. And it was all the people that she, you know, would hang out with was to me at least felt very aspirational. Like I wanted it. I wanted to be her. I wanted to be an it girl. I've got the hardcover copy of her book um, from back in the day. And then one year, I think it was for my 16th or 17th birthday, one of my high school friends made me a birthday card, but it was like a two page card full of pictures of Alexa Chung and Alex Turner, like paparazzi photos. But my friend had photoshopped my head onto her so it was like me and Alex Turner walking down the street and some of them were terrible, but some of them were really good actually. So it was very clear that like she was v- very impactful in terms of, and I think as well, because like that was when fashion, particularly British fashion, and I was obsessed with the 1960s. I was obsessed with everything that she used as a reference point before I really knew who she was anyway. So I think when I found out about her, I was like, well, I love all the same things she l- loves. And I want to live in London. I want to do this. And I could go to New York and I could totally have a boyfriend in the Arctic Monkeys um, and things like that. But I think that for me at least, and I know I'm very dramatic, but I don't think that there's anyone who, anyone else who's been so influential in terms of aesthetics for me, other than like, you know, friends and family and whatever. But in terms of like in the celebrity sphere, she has done everything and she was doing everything that I wanted to be doing. She was a model. She lived in New York. She lived in London. She had amazing hair and amazing wardrobe. Just going out with this amazing rock star. Yeah, we, she loved everything that I loved. And I think it introduced me to what I wanted to wear and how I wanted to present myself and the sort of people I wanted to hang out with and what was really important to me. And that was like music, art, fashion, media, and living in that sort of arena of people whether it be in Sydney London New York wherever but I was like that's what I want to do that's where I want to be and that I think the fact that she one person can have an impact on someone like that I think that's why she is so impactful and important exactly for the people who look up to her she's so culturally aligned that it's hard not to want to know more and that's the thing and like all of I'm all of me and my friends we all do very different things one of my friends is studying to be a doctor. The other one is doing a PhD, you know, and people in prime, people in high school who I'm not even in contact with anymore, one of them's going to be an archaeologist. Like all these people, we were all obsessed with her, all united for her. And we were all doing very different things now and it doesn't, you know, my friends didn't want to move to New York and like go out with a rock star, but they were still like, oh my God, have you seen what she's wearing? Are you, have you seen what she's doing? So she really was able to unite People who were already united, but like just on that one thing. Exactly. And we all dress quite differently and we all like different things. And not every, you know, but it was interesting to see how she kind of took all of us on that journey with her. And there was no shame and there is no shame still. There's, there was no shame in liking her because she did have a no. sense of legit- legitimacy in that she made her way up traditional media. Yeah. Because she yeah. did do the writing thing. She did do the TV thing. And we see those as not being as light and fluffy as social media. So yeah. we regard her 
in a very different way to the way we look at influencers. She was almost, yeah, legitimate's a good word because she did come up through that traditional media. And then everyone was like, oh, she really just goes to parties and she just faffs around. And it's like, well, she's actually doing a lot more than that. It's actually a lot more nuanced than that, <laughs> actually. You just don't understand. Yeah, which is why when I said I was like, I want to be Alexa Chung, my mom was like, I'll give it a rest. <laughs> but I found there was a Snapchat that I took. And we will post it to my eternal shame. But oh God. Um, there's a Snapchat that I took that I sent to my friend in year 12. And it would have been when we did careers. And then it's being like, just want to tell Miss Marshall I want to be Alexa Chung. We'll post it. But it's like this, that's the, that was where we were at in 2014 vibes. But I found on my hard drive when I was um, doing research for this and later on we'll talk about our favorite outfits, but I have over 200 photos of her on my hard drive saved between 2012 and 2015. So I think that shows the peak of the influence, at at least for me. And those were the years where I was on Tumblr the most. I followed a lot of Alexa Chung blogs and like aesthetic blogs that even if they weren't particularly about her, it would be like 1960s stuff or rock star stuff or whatever it was. I have, I've coalesced them into one big folder on my computer now. So if you want to see like 200 photos of Alexa Chung, that can be arranged. <laughs> Cause he's an Alexa Chung photo dealer. I don't really know how it all happened, but I also kind of like that I have them because I feel like a lot of those photos now no longer exist on the internet. So I'm glad to have them. You're like, a, what is it, an archivist? I'm an archivist, yeah. Archivist. I mean, it's kind of sad, isn't it? But it's it's nice as well. I think it's good to have obsessions. And as we always say on this podcast, it's good to be enthusiastic about things. I agree. Which I think yeah. is another thing that it girls do well because yeah. they, ha- they come across as effortless, but they still have things that they care about. Yeah. And... It's not seen as uncool. No, and it's a lot of effort to be effortless, as we know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think the greatest compliment that someone can give is if you're wearing something and someone's like, that's very Alexa Chung. I think it's a real, real compliment. If you're listening to this and next time you see us, be like, that's super Alexa Chung. We'll probably give you a big hug. Yeah, I love it. Kiss it's on the forehead. When friends have said, it's very Alexa, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so much it's not like I have 200 reference photos to look at (laughs) to organize this look speaking of her style do you have looks that just stay with you that kind of shaped your style identity 1000% of course um 1000% so yeah I have nearly 200 photos of her and the really random one that stayed with me there's a photo of her just like at an event and it's she's wearing ripped up denim trousers and like a kind of a salmon pink silk top and she's got disheveled hair and wearing flats. And she just looks so cool. And I was like, what is... Like, if I wore that, I would look underdressed. But she carries it really well. So I think that outfit, any kind of outfit with denim shorts, really. Like she wore this outfit with um, skinny jeans and a kind of... Whatever top it was, I couldn't actually see. But she was wearing a blazer over the top of it. And then a Burberry poncho over the top. Or kind of a shawl, I guess. And that year, whichever year it was, I believe it was 2015, 16, maybe. The year when all of the models went down the runway with the um, monogram Burberry ponchos. And I remember seeing that and I became obsessed with the ponchos. And I think it was 2015 because when I went to Turkey, I tried to find a knockoff one. That's what happened. She was wearing a blazer with the poncho over the top and I loved that. And then I got one of the ponchos. She is incredible at layering, like hearing you talk about this. She layers. And when I've tried to do that, it just looks terrible. And then she wore two really great outfits for Chanel that I really liked. One year, I think it was one of her first times going to one of the Chanel shows and she wore like biker shorts. 
um, on with like a little white top with a little bow at the front, quite by Waldorf actually, with a um, tweed grey jacket over the top. I really liked that. And another beautiful navy mini skirt, sorry, mini dress that she wore to Chanel. And any of the outfits that she wears when she like walks home from doing like ballet class. I loved all the ballet core, which is actually quite relevant now because ballet is such a big thing. But yeah, the Chanel outfits and the salmon pink silk top and any outfit from Glastonbury really. There was one year, great year where she wore like these awesome leather, not even leather, they were like, they were leather, leather pants with a Smith's top and a kind of barber jacket and gumboots. Perfect. Her Glastonbury style is kind of what she's known for as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. she has that down-to-earth British look yeah. where she doesn't look like she's sponsored by anyone. It's very Kate Moss. She Very Kate Moss. Yeah. She went on to do collaborations with Barber. She's got jackets I know, in I've her tried name. To, I've tried to find the Barber jackets online. <laughs> I can't. Impossible. But the Glastonbury but. looks are so important. When I went to Glastonbury in 2015 with my two friends, Kara and Annie, it was so much fun. But I remember half the time, and this is not the way to go to a festival ever, but I was like, where are they? where's Kara? where's alexa i was so like where where are the girls where yeah i friends? was so dissatisfied i was like where are they like i have to see them because i was so used to seeing them go to the festivals i feel like i had this i was in a kind of state of heightened anxiety the entire weekend because <laughs> i just was like but where i know okay. they're here but where i want to be where they are and i was with my friends and i had a great time but i was just like <laughs> where is she where are they because you've seen so many photos of them walking through the mud. Yeah. How can I get to where they are? And I think that, again, goes back to, like, she's aspirational. We want that. You want that life. You want what she yeah. has. And some of her outfits still weren't attainable in that, like, she wore Vivian Westwood ballet flats to Glastonbury. Who can do that? No, you can't. Who can do that? No. There were times when she'd wear, like, ankle boots, too. And I'm like, baby girl, the mud. The mud. I'm stressed. There's one Glastonbury photo, which is the one Alexa Chung outfit that stays in my head every time I think of her which one it was 2010 she's wearing it is so off the moment denim shorts denim is cutoffs this the knee, knee socks one yeah 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 yeah. black knee highs yeah wellies and then she's got a biker jacket and a striped black and white striped shirt underneath it's so 2010 it's so Glastonbury it's so Alexa Chung it's so of that moment like her hair's fucking like piled up weirdly like she hasn't brushed it in five days and she like, still looks cleaner than half the people oh yeah. at that festival. The fact that she could wear a leather jacket like that just to a festival willy-nilly stresses me out. There's also another photo of her at Glastonbury where she's wearing this. It's a metallic oh mini my God, dress. Oh the silver dress? Yes. I remember exactly. I can't remember what year that was. I feel like that was the year that I was there. Uh, I was like, 2015. She? 2015. So she's in this metallic silver mini dress with her like um, hunter boots, hunter knee highs on. <sighs> Um, and she's carrying a croissant and she looks like she could be walking down the street in Paris, but she's in the mud. She's in the dirt. Tell me how she looks so good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. And then when <laughs> she like wears smudged eyeliner, she doesn't look like a heroin addict. She just looks like a cool girl. Couldn't it be me. No, I roll out of bed and I look like I'm in train spotting. It's horrible. <laughs> like, and she's like so cool and disheveled. Like, There's also one final Glastonbury look that was only like last year when festivals like reopened. Oh yeah in and around europe which one she's wearing a barber jacket of course, of course. and then a pleats please an izumiyaki mini dress it's like royal blue and then saint laurent boots oh, who's wearing izumiyaki to a bloody 
music festival. Alexa Chung is, and she can do it, and she wears it well. Oh. She is a trend setter, a taste maker. She just has this chic air about her, and I know that there we could delve into all of the problems with the word chic and what that kind of. But you inspires. know what? That's not today. That's not today. We're today. talking about how Alexa Chung is chic, and chic she is. Chic she and is. And I refuse any other opinions. Exactly. But she does love collars, which I think is important. We all love a collar. But it doesn't work on everyone. No. And I it had works a, for her. I had a real collar and like Peter Pan collar yeah. phase. I love a big collar girl myself. Did you have a, a collar phase? I did. I, I was like 13, 14. It, oh, wow. it was the time. That was yeah. when like Chevron was a oh, okay. pattern of desire. <laughs> I think I'm still sort of in my collar phase. I go in and out. But I will always be semi Alexa wanting to like you know emulate something if it's not the shoes it'll be the top or if it's not the top it'll be the shorts or whatever it is it's elevated it is elevated (laughs) that's the word shake we've talked about her fashion and but also a big part of her kind of fame and not the reason why she became famous but a reason why part of the brand. Part of the you brand. Will. It's you're so right. Part of the brand and part of why she was sort of seen as like this heroine for young girls on the internet like us. Um, is that she was seen as like a real band girlfriend, but particularly with um Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys, who, as I said, basically the most beloved and acclaimed indie pop indie rock pop artist in England at the time. Uh, they were together from 2007 to 2011. It's basically the peak, the peak, peak that you could be in London and be part of that indie scene. And they were both, as I said, at the top of their respective industries. They both look like small children and they have, <laughs> and they have matching names. So basically it was a match made in heaven. And exactly. And broke up and my life ended. But what are your thoughts on this and this relationship? It's... To me, like this is my posh and vex. This is 100%. my, she yeah. has a career in her own right. Yeah. He has a career in her own right. I love them both separately. Yeah. Um, and I also think they both had that candid down to earth look, yeah. which you don't get, again, you don't get in a lot of celebrities. No, so 100%. I was so upset when they broke up. And allegedly that was due to conflicting schedules as all celebrity yeah. breakups are. But I actually think, usually I think that's bullshit, but I actually think it was because like he was in London, she was, oh, they both moved to New York, but then I think it was like, yeah, he too, was too difficult. Yeah. When you're a touring band. Yeah. And your girlfriend can't be a groupie. It gets tricky. Yeah, she's got her own career. She can't just go around with you. I'm sorry, Alex. Exactly. They were so important. And so that culminated in AM, which is when Arctic Monkeys Monkeys entered the mainstream music scene. I think it was. And it's when they kind of transcended the UK to become known and legitimized elsewhere. Did you love AM? Briefly, side point. AM was my introduction to Arctic Monkeys. Really? Through Tumblr. I remember there was a short clip of, do I want to know? Do I want to know? (laughs) Yeah, a great song. Obviously. Was it the gift? It was the gift. Like the line gift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I would have been like 13, 14 at the time and it 
it, that's the end. Arctic Monkeys, every really? year I've had a Spotify wrapped, they've been number one. Really? <laughs> Shamelessly. Oh my God. I still love them. And we got songs like Knee Socks is allegedly written about Alexa Chung. We mentioned her knee socks before. Yes. Interesting. Alex Turner says the whole thing is basically a heartbreak album. He wrote Love is a Laser Quest from Suck It and See About Her, which is such a beautiful song. And Fire in the Thud and some other great songs. I love Love is a Laser Quest though. It's got this really sad line in it. Will I have a better, will I have found a better, better method of pretending you were just some lover? So sad heartbreaking so they broke up in 2011 and and killed everyone's souls <laughs> um but that was really really sad but it was lovely sort of very private thing came out um about them that he'd written her a very lovely note like a love note and it, i think they were out at a pub somewhere and the the note got dropped and then it got leaked to the press he's so poetic it just it kills me but he wrote this this poem or this note to love note to her and it says my mouth hasn't shut up about you since you kissed it the idea that you may kiss it again is stuck in my brain which hasn't stopped thinking about you since well before any kiss and now the prospect of those kisses seems to wind me like when you slip on the stairs and one of the stairs hits you in the middle of the back the notion of them continuing for what is traditionally terrifying forever excites me to an unfamiliar degree that is a lyricist is that not just the best thing ever so that he is... wrote that to her and then it got dropped in the pub and then she in an interview she was like yeah it was kind of sad it was a really lovely thing he wrote and then everyone kind of made fun or whatever and I'm like whoever's making fun of that if they're in a relationship dump them oh god yeah do so they not believe in love but it's a it's a beautiful little note and um I think it it was very sweet it just yeah they were both looked like little small children and they broke up and then they were seen a few times together afterwards and i remember once she was seen wearing an arctic monkeys t-shirt i remember seeing that on tumblr had a field day it was like right before exams too and i was like i can't be distracted with this right before exams <laughs> they owned tumblr during that time they did and i was that was my peak tumblr era so most of the 200 photos i have on my hard drive are from tumblr and so many photos of them together they were a lot of pap pap photos of them together because they would just walk around New York looking really really cool um but they were so great and yeah as like we're both very big Arctic Monkeys fans here so regardless of um Alexa Alex is still fantastic but the every subsequent relationship he's had has never quite hit the same and same with her like she's gone out with several other people she went out with really randomly alexander skarsgård she needs to stop going out with people called alex yeah um that was funny then she went out with um this younger guy called orson fry whose family uh it's like fries who um created like the turkish delight and stuff in the uk so he's a candy heir uh heiress candy heiress a little lolly boy yeah and um now she's with tom sturridge who was my (laughs) teenage crush from the years of i think 16 to 17 at the very least again had a lot saved from him on tumblr particularly from the richard curtis film the boat that rocked if you haven't seen it not the best movie but a good fun time so they're together and he also looks like a small child so it kind of works yeah um, yeah. But he used to be with Sienna Miller and they have a daughter together. And they started going out not long ago, I think, which is nice. What do you think about all of that? What are your thoughts now that I've gone fully unhinged? Again, the relationship is part of the it girl factor. Yeah. You need to have someone who is on your level. You can't be dating like a like a loser. No, and, and they were on the level. And they were on the level. So the fact that she was dating actors and 
band members and people who are influential it makes sense of their own accord yeah it's like when a model goes out with a rock star it's, it's like the exact same thing it just fits it's like posh and bex she's the biggest pop star in the world he's the biggest footballer the it makes sense. It makes sense. It's Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's well, yeah, no, no, but it is so. <laughs> it you're is. right. Like they're at the top of their fields. Yeah, you're right. Like absolutely, you can't be an it girl and have a lame boyfriend. Alexa just... Chung and Alex Turner were the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey of <laughs> 2007. The Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey for people who are way more internet weirdo. Yeah, like sad but love indie music. <laughs> And that's our thesis statement. The the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey for people who like the strokes. Yeah, exactly. I think as well, like her influence, she's connected to so many different people in fashion, Hollywood, in London, in New York, like everywhere. She's had like these groups of friends that kind of like intersect and connect in random ways. Like her New York pals, she's very much in that high fashion zone with like the Derek Blasbergs the Carly Klosses and things. She always goes to the Met Gala, but she's also friends with like Matt Hitt, who was this fantastic model. If you were on Tumblr, you definitely know him. <laughs> uh, and he was in this great band, The Drowners, who were like a mixture of The Strokes and The Smiths. And I remember when I was 18, I was like, I don't need to listen to any other band now. The Strokes and The Smiths, yes. <laughs> uh, and this great photographer, Zachary Michael, Dev Hines, who's of course Blood Orange, Harley Vera Newton, who's a fashion designer, Cam Avery, who's actually Australian, um, and Tennessee Thomas, who was in this really cool like girl pop band called The Like. And so they were all really good friends. But then in London, she was like, and she still is, she's still best friends with like all these people, like Nick Grimshaw, Pixie Geldof, Gillian Orr, Harry Styles, Poppy Delevingne, Daisy Lowe, like Amy Phillips. And they're all sort of interconnected in different ways. So it's nice to see how they've like all grown up together. I feel like I'm talking about like children, like how they've grown up together. <laughs> I'm like 20 bit 15 years younger than her but I think she really yeah it culminates that sort of like UK culture US culture she's in the Met Gala but she's still friends with like the same radio DJs she's been friends with since 2005 and that's another ingredient of an it girl your circles your circles have to be interesting and they also have to be humble if you're only friends with the Kardashians you're not going to be seen as someone who is interesting enough or humble enough to have that mystery about you and she's been friends with like pc got off for like a thousand years and all of these guys like you know pictures of them go back years she was a bridesmaid at pixie's wedding and she talks about this a lot in her new vogue piece which came out for her 40th birthday 40 pearls of wisdom sharing 40 pearls of wisdom with vogue and she talks about how important friends are and how they're the real like loves of your life and they help you through heartbreak and the hard times and it's why it's so important to have them around you but she goes through 40 very interesting things and I want to know Emily what are your favorite parts so she sort of goes through what she's learned through the years 20 things it's sort of like what she wishes she knew in her 20s things like that but her advice what were your favorite thoughts I love pieces like this I'm such a sucker for the old 20 things I wish I knew in my 20s and we love lists and we love lists we We love lists on this show you know that but I, for me, I want to be able to prepare. I want to live up to the it girls that yeah, I like any kind love. of advice she can dispense. I'm like, I will take it. Thank I will you. take it. Yeah. But for me, the biggest one that stuck out to me was early on. Number six, sit out a trend if it doesn't suit you. Mm. She says, I would love to wear low slung Y2K jeans. Unfortunately, they didn't suit me then and they don't suit me now. I've made my peace with this. I wish I could make my peace with it. I feel like I'm getting better at it. 
yeah, I feel like I'm getting better at it as well. Even three years ago, I was very trend driven and I just mm. wanted what everyone else was wearing. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I realized that not everything looks good on me. Not everything has to look good on me, but there are other things that I love and enjoy and can wear. So yeah. I, I love that that's her saying, I too am susceptible to trends. I know. It's fa- it fascinates me that she, she has the capacity to feel like she's off trend. Yeah. So interesting to me. But I guess she doesn't see herself, obviously, the way that we see her. So That point really painted a picture mm. or told a bit of a story about Alexa Chung and that she is still human. We're revering her like she's some, like, deity, but she, yeah, is, she is human. She's just a normal person. I didn't really think about as many fashion ones, but she, number 14 was, I used to live in fear of seeming stupid if I didn't know something. One of the most rewarding things I've come to know is that nothing bad happens if you say, I don't understand what you mean. And... I see where she's coming from from that, but I will never ask or, or say, I don't understand what you mean. I will fake it till I make it. And that is, that I know that is something that I'm really trying to learn as well. I yeah, find it really hard because I also don't want to feel that seem like I don't know something. Like if I'm in a conversation with someone and they're like, have you seen this? Have you done that? I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you just try and keep up and then look it up later. Yeah, exactly. That was really interesting. And I, 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 don't agree but good for her I wish I could be (laughs) like that I agree because have you ever been in those situations where you do say oh no I haven't seen that or oh no I I don't get that and then it's so easy because then you learn things yeah and then I feel walk away feeling good I'm like you should do that all the time and then I don't usually it happens if it's in a conversation with someone and I want to be the more knowledgeable person out of the two of us and then or whatever how many people there are in the group and they're like do you know this and I'm like yeah course i do sure i know everything don't be silly but um yeah i probably i probably should grow and learn as a human person to not do that um and also she says number 15 nobody wants to hear about the dream you just had huge disagree i love hearing about dreams me too dream chat's my favorite i hate when people discourage others from talking about their dreams because i find them so interesting i get to learn something about you you know, like get to learn about how twisted someone's subconscious is. Yeah, I don't know what it means. I can't tell you what no. your random dream where you're being like chased by your grandmother with a knife means. Yeah, but I want to know that you're having it. But I want to know that it happened. And I, I also just think some people are really bad at telling stories and really bad at telling things about themselves. That's so true. But then everyone kind of loves just talking about their dreams. The dream dreams. says so much. It does. I'm like, I want, I want to hear from you. I love it. I feel weird if I don't start the day going out and be like, Tom, do you want to tell you about the dream I had? And he's like, oh, shut up. Shut up. But then we both learn something. So Exactly. So Yeah, I love that. And then she does make another point about um, etiquette. She says, I hate being late for things. And I also think it's rude when others are late for you. Someone once said, I measure disrespect in minutes. But then she says, I acknowledge this is an extreme opinion. And I think I'm, I am late occasionally, but I try not to be. And my friends are all very conscious of time and are always places 10 minutes early. And I'm usually like the third person there. My friend Scott is usually the first. He's very intense about time. And then my friends are, and then it's usually me. Yeah, I think being punctual is polite and it's manners. Yeah. I'm not great at it yet. But I think it's about the intention. It it's is. It's about caring. And, it's, and if you're late and you're sending a text being like, I'm so sorry I'm running late. Like I did today. I was running late. And I texted you being like, sorry, traffic's bad. So sorry, I'll be there. But it's like, and because the intention is to be there on time or early. And you're communicating. Exactly. And whereas there are some people who, they make a personality trait out of being late. Yeah. And that's when I think, no, 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 no. It's, it verges on rude. I feel like it's a trait of like a chaos girly. 
It's like, oh my God, I'm so late. Let me tell you this 20 minute story about myself. Yeah. And, and it's, like, there's no apology about you. It's that sort of person. Yeah. There's no apology. It's just, haha, isn't that so funny? I'm so chaotic. I also feel in your like late teens, early 20s, no one's concerned with punctuality. No one's concerned with being on time. And so even at birthday parties, you Mm. get people rocking up towards the end of the night. And it's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit rude, I feel. I I think it says a lot about you. I think if it's someone else's birthday and if it's a good friend's birthday, you always need to make a point to be as on time as possible yeah or early i like when people come early they're like i'll just hang i'm like sweet nice just sit with me while i'm getting ready i think it's and i think and i think as well like it's more excusable when you're a bit young because you're a bit all over the shop whatever but now we're all a bit older and it's like at this age time is limited because you're working or you've got commitments and things so it's like well the time i'm spent i've spent waiting for you is a while. Don't quite measure disrespect in minutes. I don't know. I don't do that, but I'm conscious of it. And I think it's quite telling the way you look at someone else's time and the way you handle that. I didn't expect to have a whole uh, thing about time from this list, but I've, yeah, found it really interesting. But what else did you think? So you, the sitting out of the trends, what else stuck with you? I also want to validate number seven. Mm where she says men's socks are far superior to women's socks. I now buy all of mine from the men's department. I agree that. Believe that. that wholeheartedly. They also sell men's socks in packs of like five or seven. Like they're saying here's a they? week's worth of socks. Whereas yeah. women's socks, they'll give you like three. Or like, like two and then it's like $15. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to lose these in five seconds. Exactly. And they're really thin. They, they so annoying. get colored in the wash faster. Yeah, they're kind of rubbish, I've got to be honest. I feel like I have a whole drawer full of socks and yet no socks. Exactly, and I can't wear them. No, I hate all my socks. And men's socks, they're a better length. They're designed for like thicker legs. And durability. Durability. Yeah, I agree. Give me a good men's sock. I agree. Any day of the week. So that's the latest that we've heard from Alexa Chung on the Vogue front, on the career front. She is floating around those circles still she's always there she's always there she'll pop up at the met gala she'll pop up at a red carpet she was just at the vogue uh in forces or forces in fashion party looking fantastic uh but she's yeah she's always around she's always you can guarantee you'll see her at any kind of fashionable event whether it be in the us or uk her influence is impossible to deny she'll always be there she'll always be an influence on all of us and I don't think you can make it much clearer than that. And I think she has a lot more control over her career nowadays. She's kind of done the big shiny roles. She's taken a step back. She's never leaned into the era of influencer marketing where they're just trying to piff whatever they can. She's above that. She's above that. she's done that. She did that in like 2007 or whatever, but the industry was just completely different. Like she's done the hard yards. She doesn't need to do anything else now. She's Alexa Chung. She's Alexa Chung. And that's the tea. And that that's it. That's us. And that's it. And that, thank you for coming to our little deep dive into Alexa Chung. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've learned something. We'll be back to regular scheduled programming next week. Yep. So get excited. Get excited. I'm sure we'll be unpacking a lot. We'll be back on the news. We'll be back on two weeks worth of news. Oh God. Yeah, I know. We'll start having, start having thoughts, start having rants start having opinions also any visual references throughout this episode will pop on instagram so follow us comment 
tell us what you thought about these deep dives. We'll be doing more in the future, but not, but just sporadically. Yeah, we want to make it a more of a thing. And also there were a lot of visual references in this episode. So and there might be a few posts. <laughs> just, But that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed. And yeah, rate, review and subscribe and let us know what you think. Uh, that's all. Bye. Bye. Bye.